Microphone check. One, two, one, two. Three, four. Hey, everyone. It's Rhett from the Rhett and Larry show. I'm here with my co-star and father, Larry. Hey, Rhett. How are you? Doing well. Good. Check the email. No emails. Week two, no emails. Dry spell continues. Um, mm. One day there will be emails. And we'll all, it'll be exciting times. We won't have to come up with topics anymore. Outsource the work. Um, uh, so today I thought we would talk about our conversation with, I, I spoke to your parents yesterday, um, my grandparents, about furniture. Uh, we took a little weekend trip to Ikea. I don't know if you've ever been, but we could share stories about that. Um, and then maybe we can, you know, talk about what it was like for you when you have, uh, dabbled in getting new furniture, um, or whatever opinions you have there. Um, so yesterday talked to your parents, um, mentioned that we have a bed, but no bed frame and we're going to be in the market for a second bed at some point because uh, we are in a two-bedroom apartment. Um, we'll have one for the guest room and then one for our room. Um, so you mentioned something like this to grandparents and they will give you all the advice, right? Um, so have you gone to Rooms to Go? Have you done this? Have you done that? Oh, did you look at this thing at Rooms to Go? They have entire bedrooms set up. Have you seen this? Um, so all the questions, all the advice, one thing they asked me was, do I have a subscription to the local paper? Because, um, there are great ads for rooms to go in the, in the, in your local paper in Vero. Um, and so they asked me if I had a subscription to the Houston Chronicle, uh, which I looked it up as the third biggest paper in America by, Sunday paper sales after the LA times and the New York times. Um, pretty impressive. So I do not have a subscription to the Houston Chronicle. Obviously I thought it was a little funny that they asked. Um, but just, uh, that's, you know, maybe we'll have them on one day and then it can be a full, you know, they definitely have a subscription to all the, they've had subscriptions to newspapers their whole life, right? So that'll be a yeah. good, that could be like a good third generational divide. Um, when you moved to, when you moved to Vero was the first thing, I guess you're sort of a special case, you work for a newspaper, but it was the first thing you did get a newspaper subscription because how else are you going to find out what's going on? Uh, yeah, this is back in the days before the internet. So uh, 1985 and, and um, I actually had two subscriptions one to my own paper right. and one to the Miami Herald Miami Herald at the time was a great newspaper I think it's still a very good newspaper but they covered our community we actually had the press journal the local paper the Miami Herald which is probably the second best coverage locally we had something called Florida Today or Coco Today at the time which still exists and now is part of our company, but they're from the county to the north. Mm. 
and then we had uh, we had radio stations covering us. So um, again, I had those two subscriptions, and I was a competitive reporter. Wanted to make sure that I knew everything that was going on, and that my reporting beat everybody else. I honestly didn't get it for the ads. Um, mm. I really had no. A lot of that stuff was kind of word of mouth. Uh, not, but I, I think the local paper was better for the ads. Um, but I, you know, but being a young person, and at the time, uh, I think I did go shopping for furniture. I think I brought some down. I had a moving truck that brought uh, some stuff down from up north where I was living. Mm -hmm. uh, I think of, uh, I don't remember how I got to my first apartment that I moved into. I don't know how I got the stuff there, although the vast majority of it came from my parents' house because my grandparents, my grandparents had moved from New York to Florida. So they left behind a bunch of furniture in my parents' house. Right. So that became mine when I moved out. Yeah. And I took a bunch of that to my first and second apartments and even my house now, <laughs> much to the chagrin of my wife, but, um, and your mother. But, uh, so, so some of the stuff was there, but I remember when I moved here to Florida, I had to get a bed. So who did I meet up with to help me get the bed? I met up with my grandfather, uh, and we went, we went to the mall in West Palm beach is about an hour away. Cause there was nothing close to me and it's relatively close to him. So we met there and we bought a bed, had it shipped up here. And, uh, of course it came, you know, when you buy a bed in a store in your community or close by, it comes with a frame and a bed sprung. So yeah. that was kind of handy. Um, and then I think that may have been the one decision we made. And then I don't think we bought a whole lot of other stuff until we bought a house. And then I think, I think I can't think of a lot of stuff we even bought in the house. Um, but we did buy some things uh, that were, you know, important to us. So we still do have a lot of hand-me-down furniture um, in the house. So right. anyway, but I think that, you know, the question is, is like, what do you want to buy? And what, you know, if you're going to buy something, do you want to keep it? Or is it just gonna be something you use for a year and get rid of? Like, what's the, you know, what's what's the game plan? Because yeah, I think for sure, because that dictates that dictates, you know, what level you buy at, you know, because there's different levels of furniture. There's there are dressers that are made of fake wood, and you know, they'll last several years, but eventually they'll fall apart. Yeah. Um, so you know, I've got furniture in this house that's, I mean, we're talking gosh, 60 years old or, or more, some of this. Maybe I mean, more. I've got the, I've got my grandfather's dresser from when he was a kid. That's yeah, that might be 100 years, years ago, old. 80, 90 years ago. So, yeah. uh, you know, it depends what the quality you're looking for is. Right. Yeah. Back to the, um, I'm curious about this, back to the newspaper thing. When yeah. you moved to Vero, because for you, it sounded like it was a little inside baseball. You got the Miami Herald so that you could sort of, you know, see what was going on there. Um, and then obviously you got your own, but did like mom get a subscription to the paper? Did like other 20 year olds have paper subscriptions? Or is it sort of like, uh, a, it was like an adult thing? I think it was always, I think the news, you know, I, 
I think newspapers was always an adult thing. If you look at the demographics of people, even back then that had subscriptions, it yeah. always skewed older. Right. Um, I think, you know, it always skewed older. And I think a lot of that was because of the kind of coverage that newspapers had at the time. A lot of, a lot of single young people don't really care about the school district or government or totally. stuff like that. They, yeah. they do care about entertainment. So, so, um, you know, and what's going on in the community from a social standpoint, a lot of them, at least at that time, and I know with COVID-19, that stuff changes. So there are, um, you know, there are sort of entertainment publications or there were, and even the daily newspaper had like, say, an entertainment publication that came out on Friday with restaurants, things like that. Right. Um, clearly, there are websites that have that. And a good newspaper, I think, would have content that is relevant to... Uh, young people, but yeah, more age group, you know, is yeah. And as good as, you know, I mean, I think just practically speaking, you know, I think there's two options for most working people today, younger, younger working people. If you're, if you are going to get a subscription to a newspaper, one would be to get a print edition on Sunday. If you're committed to spending, you know, an hour or half hour, an hour, or whatever it is, looking through it, reading the stories that are interested, check it out. Maybe you can probably usually get an introductory rate. And then the other thing is to check out the online version and see what's on there. And, and if you get to a point where you really like it, then get an online subscription. If you're going there over and over again, eventually you're going to have to pay for it anyway, because you'll have only so many clicks per month. Right. So those are, those are, uh, if I were, if I were in your shoes, I would, that's what, those would be my two options. So you would get a subscription to the Houston Chronicle. I, I check out the Sunday paper. I, you know, getting it every day is like, um, you know, for a lot of working people, is a lot. But I don't, you yeah. know, and I don't know that they come out every day. I, I don't. Yeah. You know, some know some papers only come out two, three times a week now. But yeah. uh, I know they're big on Sunday. Like you said, they're biggest on Sunday. So that means to me that they must have pretty good coverage on Sunday. And then you know, an online subscription if you have if you if you. I don't know what the situation is. That might be worthwhile. But I do think, I, I do think though, especially, you know, if you're planning to stay in a community for the long run, yeah, I think the beauty of that is you get to read stories about various communities and what the issues are in those communities. So you do learn a lot about them. Younger people traditionally don't do that unless they're thinking about then buying a place at some point or if they eventually have kids because then it becomes really important, like, where you live, what those community issues are. Is yeah. there a lot of crime there? Is there something I need to watch out for? Right. Is there an opportunity I can take advantage of? So it's not really right. for the rooms to go ads. It's for a completely different situation, <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely not for the rooms to go ads. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's, I mean, that makes sense. If you're like looking to buy a house, you want to have as much information as possible. And so it's sort of like, uh, it seems like that's probably a great way to be as like, rooted down into the nitty gritty of what's going on as possible. And I think, and, and honestly, I mean, I mean, this is just another, I'm, I'm thinking beyond utility here, but yeah, I think that people, I think one of the important things, and this is the inside baseball part perhaps, but I do think that the, uh, that the mainstream media, um, especially local mainstream media. Uh, and I don't mean, you know, I work for a company that's national but at the same time, it's very local. So I don't want to say there's a difference, but 
the local part of our company is very focused on uh, watchdog journalism, trying to make sure that government operates better, exposing right. things, educating the public. And I think supporting institutions that, that promote good democracy and good decision-making are really important. So there's a, there's a, um, I don't know, there's a, uh, a part of that. Anyway, there's a part of that that I think is, is important in supporting yeah. local media too. Right. That's, I think, uh, that's pretty big because you don't want it to become like washed out and the same content over and over again. Like I think national media has sort of become like you want that, that, you know, support local business sort of attitude with your local journalists probably. So that's a good reason to buy yeah. a paper, I guess. Yeah. And I think, and I think too, you know, if you, you know, when it comes down to elections, there's a lot of these elections that are local and right. instead of going in there and saying, I'm not going to, because I don't know who these people are. Well, hopefully you get to know them in some fashion, whether it's through the media, in person, events they're doing, whatever it might be, and that the media would give you a better perspective of what they're up to and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm going to write. I've, I've Another idea came to me for your Larry's book on journalism, I think. <laughs> you could have a, a, a chapter called um, Chapter 9 is going to be How to Be a Responsible Citizen, <laughs> Local Citizen. Because I yeah. think that most people probably don't know those local people that they're that you're talking about, right? They're either going into the voting booth and not voting. They're not going to the voting booth at all. They're going into the voting booth and hitting Democrat or Republican based on whatever their leanings are. Um, but I think very few people uh, know the issues uh, or even know how to get the information for the issues, which it seems like newspaper is probably top on that list, right? You're not going to Hopefully. local Twitter, right? Yeah, well, where are you going local. now? They're actually like it seems like there actually isn't a like a social network that would you know solve that problem basically. And then those social networks, uh, if there are that, if if there are social networks, they're usually one side or the other. And you know, there are some special interest groups uh, like the chambers of commerce and things like that 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 provide a lot of information. But I think newspapers in general, um, and I just say that this from being in the business, we take very seriously um, our responsibility to educate people and try to do it in a non as nonpartisan way as possible. And we still have people, older people that read our publication looking for our recommendations in certain races, our editorial board, again, opinion versus news. Right. Uh, our opinion group tries to do a lot of research and, you know, and I, I work on that side and I, you know, I take that responsibility really seriously. If we're going to put our stamp of approval on somebody that we do our homework and we get beat up for it because we're never right all the time, you know, and totally. And, uh, and if we don't endorse this candidate, then we're bad. Then we're bad. People are mad. Know? Yeah. Right. People are Somebody's mad. Always gonna be mad. People are mad. Somebody's yeah. always mad. So, but you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I just think that's when we have people calling us, asking us, who would you vote for? Uh, that's our explanation is to do some kind of research-based um, assessment. So, right. When you do that, do you have like five different opinions of different uh, people or is it like the paper's opinion? It's the paper's opinion, but, um, you know, we have anywhere from two to five people that weigh in on each race. And and sometimes it's not easy to come to a conclusion. So especially totally. when you have five people. Right. But, uh, 
Yeah. So are those two to five opinions published or are they like sort of what those are the ingredients that go into the single opinion? Yeah. They're the ingredients that go into a single opinion. We try to reach yeah. a consensus and, right. and there may be some points that are made and others that aren't because they weren't part of that consensus. Could be cool for like online or something to show all five. I don't know. Yeah. I see like bleacher report articles sometimes and it's like, uh, you know, they're looking at how did, Danny Welbeck do this season or how did, you know, Ronaldo, who was the player of the season in the Bundesliga. Right. And it's like, yeah. Sam Tighe picks Robert Lewandowski, but then Larry Reisman picks, you know, Joshua Kimmich. Right. And it's like, that's kind of cool. Right. Cause you see the disagreements, you see each person's opinion. You can kind of, Oh, I really, you know, Sam Tighe's an idiot. I'm not listening to him. I'm only like, I go to Larry Reisman for the opinion on this Bleacher Report article. Right. Yeah, that's a great, so that's a, that there's, could be cool. there's, there's definitely merit to that. And maybe we do that with like, you know, who's the top politician of the year or who's exactly, the, yeah. the, human, right. the humanitarian of the year. You know, totally. that's a great idea actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I click those like no other, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so for everyone paying attention from last episode, Larry just brought up the split between opinion and reporting, uh, which is chapter seven of the book. So you know, look out for that in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> right. So back to, back to Ikea. So we go to Ikea, right? We, uh, we did not go to rooms to go rooms to go's furniture is more expensive than Ikea. And I didn't at the time know, you know, some good piece of information that my grandparents gave me was, um, that rooms to go, you can, if there's an a thousand dollar couch, allegedly, I haven't looked into this, but this is what I've heard. Uh, you can walk out of rooms to go with that $1,000 couch, not pay anything and pay no interest for, I've heard up to 50 months, which is a very long time, four years and two months. Um, and if you amortize the cost of an $1,000 couch over 50 months, what are you paying a month? $20, not very expensive. Um, but we didn't go to rooms to go cause I wasn't aware of how their business worked. Um, so we went to Ikea. Have you been to an Ikea? Never been to an Ikea, but I've been to a rooms to go website. And I can tell you that there is a reclining sectional for $9.99, $20 a month with 50 months financing. There you go. So, do, do you, yeah. does it say if you have to open a rooms to go credit card? Uh, it says see below for details. So you might, but you know, you can always uh, open up a credit card like that and just cancel it. It says, um, yeah, made with your rooms to go credit card through August yeah, 3rd see, of that's, 20. All yeah. right. That's the, they, they baked in the nonsense there. I'm not getting a rooms to go credit card. I know that, yeah, I'm not closing it either. I'm not doing any of that. Um, rooms to go was a scam for me because it was too expensive. And then I heard about this and then it was all oh, a really cool business, but now it's back to, somewhere in the middle of scam and really cool. Cause I'm not, I don't know. I just like credit card. I don't see what the big deal is getting, you know, I've, 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 I've been lured into getting uh, department store credit cards say uh, with special deals. And it's like, like, I don't see the harm. I personally, I haven't, I don't see the harm with it, but um, it is what it is and you get it and you use it. You probably never going to use it again. So you cancel it. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, don't know what you're correct. I don't it's know how that affects your case. credit, but it's really the, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's great, right? When you're closing credit cards, but um, I don't think that anyone would use the words lured in 
to something that was all, you know, good and jolly, right? It's because the rooms to go credit card is truly useless after you buy the furniture, right? You're not getting points on flights. Um, so but you're only using probably, it for that thing. Gonna close it. And you're getting the five months free, so you probably have yeah. to keep it open. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. All right. So if you if you care about, I don't know, good benefits, asterisk. You have to open the credit card. Reasonable people will disagree. <laughs> yeah. um, so Ikea is a monster store. It's probably the biggest store I've ever been in. It's like a warehouse. It's not really a store. So you go inside and there's a map. And it starts at one and it goes to 26. And so one, one through eight or nine are all upstairs. So you go up an escalator and you walk through um, pre-built rooms, basically. And it sounds like rooms to go is the same feature. Where you're walking through, you see room configuration number one with this couch, with this lamp, with this uh, entertainment system, with this TV, blah, 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 with this chair, with this dining room set. Um, and then you walk to room number two and you've got a different configuration of all those things. Um, but when you walk up to, this is pretty interesting. When you walk up to a, we were looking for an entertainment system. You walk into an entertainment system and it will show you the component Ikea pieces that this, I, that this entertainment system is made out of. Is so, it a system or is it a, uh, like a center? An entertainment center, something you put okay. your TV on and then put your cables in and put your Xbox in and whatever. So you you get this entertainment center, you look at it. You obviously can't pick this up and take it to the checkout, right? So you have to take a picture of what the ingredients to this entertainment center are. So our entertainment center was made of their stock entertainment center thing. That's some word in Swedish. Um, and And it had cabinet cabinet drawers that you put in and then faces to the cabinet that you would put on. And it had a piece of glass that goes over the top. That's a certain color. And it has uh, hinges that will go on the drawers to make them close and open softly. All sorts of little things, right? And all the component pieces, all of them are less than a hundred dollars. But at the end of the day, you, you add up all these component pieces and our thing came to $350 or something. Um, and there were other ones that were made out of, they were like twice the size of ours. Um, and they're just made up of more small component pieces, right? So instead of one base entertainment center, they have two stacked on top of each other, right? But you're still just buying two of these like Lego piece entertainment centers. Um, so it's pretty interesting because of how modular it is. Um, but the, the moral of the story is you take a picture of this stuff and you get all the way to the end of the store in 26 and it lets you out in a warehouse where you have to go find all of the component pieces of the stuff that you want to buy. Um, and they have little tablets there and they have an app. Uh, but if you don't have a picture, you know, how are you going to remember what this thing is? Right? So there's all sorts of, you know, the unwritten rules of Ikea almost it operates like no other store I've ever seen. Um, and 
after walking through for an hour and a half, I was not in the mood to chase around these pieces like a hamster. Uh, and so we left. Um, and I tried to order it online to no avail. So we had to go back and chase around the pieces like a hamster in the little um, warehouse. And they didn't have all our parts, but they had most of them. And so we're going to have to order the rest of them online at some point or go back right to the, to the warehouse and find these other pieces. Right. So we have a mostly put together entertainment system as of now. Um, interesting experience. So did you have to put, put it together or will you'll have to put yes. it together yourself? We, yes, we did put it together ourselves. Um, and it's up now. There's just like some stuff that's not there, right? Like we don't have drawers yet. Um, yeah. we don't have, like, there's some shelves that we're missing, um, little, like, little pieces. It's put up and it's functional. And if you just saw a picture of it now, you'd say that's an entertainment system. Um, yeah. but it's not the, not the full thing that we're looking for yet, but we did have to put it together. It was sort of a nightmare. Um, but we got it done and that's sort of the price you pay, right? This stuff is all really cheap. Um, and I think part of the reason that's cheap is that you have to manually assemble it. Yeah. So it's one of those trading, trading price for time kind of deals. Yeah. And you, um, and you know, I, it gets back, you know, I, it gets back to like trying to compare and it's not easy always to compare one totally. thing with another, you know, yeah. and then what's the quality versus somewhere else. And I, I, exactly. I've never been to an Ikea, but it sounds like a, interesting place yeah it is i'd say low low build quality furniture that looks good yeah Does that makes sense yeah yeah but it sounds like a uh a shopping experience which is Definitely. what people are looking for yeah <laughs> it, you could there's there's a food court in there i think that they own where they sell swedish meatballs and stuff it's crazy um wow. you could legitimately spend all day in ikea um, <laughs> I just don't ever want to go back. <laughs> um, wow. Well, it must be a pretty successful operation because they have these in big cities all over the place, yeah, you know? Totally. Um, one thing that we noticed, uh, Brielle wanted to get wine glasses there and they were sold out, which we thought was pretty suspicious, right? Yeah. Um, I think it just goes to show how disrupted the supply chain was. Um, we looked at getting our furniture delivered as well. The earliest delivery date was um, 9-14. We're recording this podcast on August 2nd, and I thought, oh, two weeks, whatever, no problem. 9-14 is actually six weeks from now. It's actually a month and two weeks. August is the eighth month. Um, wow. So it would have taken us six weeks to get our furniture. Um, and And that was part of why we went back <laughs> to just pick it up there. Um, yeah. it's six weeks plus $50, right? Yeah. Um, so for the wow. delivery, interesting experience. Don't want to go back. Um, I'm not a big shopping. I, I like to just get what I'm there for and leave. And that's sort of not the Ikea experience. So, but it was really cheap. Yeah. And so if I ever needed cheap furniture again, it would definitely go probably try to look online first. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Definitely well, you are living in, 
you are living in a uh, in a in a in a in a city, a big city, Houston, that has a lot of uh, COVID, and I don't know if that has any totally implications with with the situation in terms of getting drivers to do this. Um, yeah, you know, was interest. Just contrast that with uh, I spent, and I don't know if we talked about this. If if we did, I'll, I won't talk about it. But you know, we, I look for weeks online to try to find a home gym and i heard that if you went on amazon you could get this gym set up for like 500 dollars or less very impressive and then i went in and tried to follow the directions and i found the same thing with you the supply chain had there was no way to get weights online it was like almost right. impossible to get equipment yeah. uh, even in facebook marketplace type places so i ended up going to play it again sports and found a really great mix and match stuff and and then you talk about delivery. Well, I went out on Saturday, had it delivered on Monday. So uh, I'm living in Florida. It was a different situation. It was a small business. Uh, so a little bit different, perhaps. Yeah. No, not even nowhere near the volume that okay, IKEA would have. No. But did you, did you have to put it together and stuff? Uh, it was very, what we, no, you know, um, not re, I mean, we had to put a bench together. That was about it. So, right. Uh, yeah, the rack the was already together. The rack was together, the you know, and then the you know, just have a barbell and the weights and yeah. stuff. So yeah, it wasn't a big issue. Right. And and by the way, we did have to move it uh because we did have the threat of a hurricane coming. So we moved it into the garage and we'll put it back uh you know on the porch when it gets nice out again. So did you have to move the in. cars? Did it fit in the garage? Yeah, we got it we got it in there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. The rack is it's very been, light. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It looks on. Um, very light. When you put the when you put the weights on, it gets two hundred and forty pounds of weights on. It gets kind of heavy. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta carry. So you move one, those separately. Uh, one plate at a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's been good. What um. You've been using it before the hurricane threat. How how did that go? I actually don't know much about it. So I I saw that I think on Thursday or Friday. I saw projections that a hurricane would go straight up the middle of Florida. What yeah, well, it was supposed to come in, supposed to come up by us, but it, you know, you, you always uh, prepare for the worst and hope for the best is sort of the motto. And, you know, once again, this was not supposed to be a big deal. We've had category three and fours that have come that were supposed to hit us and they right. veered off at the last minute. Those were pretty scary. This was going to be a category one, somewhat right. less. So nobody, I don't think anybody was really flipping out over this one. Yeah. A lot of people didn't put, a lot of people did not prepare, uh, you know, not put their shutters up and things like that. But yeah. this was more of um, let's prepare and do some stuff. Let's get the, the patio furniture in and the, yeah, the loose totally. plants and the bird bath in and all that or put it down. Yeah. So people did those kind of preparations expecting a small hurricane and it turned into going to be a strong tropical storm. And then at the last minute it veered off the coast again, yeah. which is great news. And we got some feeder bands in it and it really, uh, this was less rain than a, than a, than a strong thunderstorm, less violent. I, right. there was no thunder around here, lightning, anything like that. So, you know, it was it was it cooled the temperature down because everything was cloudy, right? And a bunch of you know some wind, um, but it was pretty cool. We had the Weather Channel here, 
you know, and there was, there was outrageous, uh, I don't know. I don't want to name any organization, <laughs> but it was like COVID King storm, you know, right. there was these outrageous, um, you know, sensational blasts from TV on TV yeah. and not from local channels, mostly national organizations. And yeah, totally. the weather channel had a person here and it was just over, you know, as usual, overhyped and right. you know, it get, gets back to local media. We were trying to be, look, you got to prepare for this because this is what the officials say is going to happen. Right. Uh, we're not making this stuff up, you know? Um, so we're going along with what they're saying. We're not meteorologists. And then, you know, it was a big, I hate to call it a big bus because we're all very happy that it happened. Totally. It sounds happened. like a great, a great hurricane, right? Lowered the yeah, temperature for you a little bit, let you go outside. Yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a great, yeah, it was a good, it was yeah. a good, uh, it was good cooling experience. I mean, many people stayed in for the last couple of days, but some businesses were shuttered. Um, right. but it was just a, you know, it was, uh, it was a relaxing weekend and the weather yesterday was beautiful. Uh, not as many people were out cause I think they're getting prepared. I didn't want to be out too late because it was supposed to start around five o'clock yesterday. But, you know, it's, you know, this is only July and usually the bad storms come in August, September. So we're right. by no means out of the woods. There are two storms behind this in the Atlantic. And, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, you know, you guys had the threat of a storm last weekend, I think, or a week recently. Yeah. So we, and two that, weeks ago, maybe. And it moved off, but uh, you got to be prepared for it. And, uh, I don't know, but, but, uh, that's the story with the storm. And anyway, did you have any hurricanes when you lived in a, in an apartment? Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I lived in two other places. Um, yeah. the first one, I lived in a relatively low area, um, near kind of where our, your grandparents live. Yeah, near the uh, and and there, I remember going out and buying masking tape and mat and taping up the windows and moving everything to the, like the second floor of the building. You know, we uh -huh. had a two-story thing to yeah. so move stuff to the second floor to make sure that if we did get flooded, because we were right next to the Indian River Lagoon, right, um, that things would be safe. And that was uh, kind of that thing veered off at the last minute. And then the other one that was really freaky was in 1991, I think. And that was Hurricane Andrew was taking dead hit on uh, Vero Beach at the time. Mm. Uh, pack, you know, it was like a category four. That was a I huge mean, it one, was yeah, gonna, right. It was huge. And it, it did serious damage south of Miami in the end. But um, we were really worried. I mean, we really were worried about that. And uh, that weekend, um, you know, your mom was supposed to go to the West Coast and qualify, try to qualify for the LPGA tour, right. uh, qualifying school. And so we knew we had to leave anyway. So we were on the ocean at that point and your grandparents, um, you know, relatively close. Um, yeah. And so we took everything of any value and put it on the mainland with uh, one of our relatives and left it there or we kept some in the car and then we took the car over to uh, Venice, the West Coast. She got out and of there. You drove all the way yeah, to we, Venice. Well, that's where the that's where the tournament was. Yeah, on the West Coast. You drove there, so that's, right? Venice. So we California, went to the tournament in, in LA. No, so it was Venice. It was Florida. Venice, Florida. Oh, okay. I thought you. Yeah. All right. Sorry, West Coast, Venice. Yeah. 
Yeah, but there right. is a Venice on the west coast of Florida. It's like three yes. hours away. So we went over there, and I think we got a practice round in the first day, and then then they canceled it because Andrew came Andrew. through. We, we had to stay in the condo over there all day pretty much as Andrew came through, and we yeah. got some, you know, outer – it wasn't a huge impact. Got the golf course real wet and dirty, and then right. mom went out and played after that. But, you know, we were – you know, we definitely got stuff out of there. And then, you know, since then, since we lived in the house, we've had to – flee a couple of you know we fled the one yes. time for yeah, hurricane gene after dealing gene, with francis yeah. and right. had leaks in the roof and stuff so yeah totally. um we figured that wouldn't be good to stay around but anyway so we got our valuables and left and yeah who knows but it's a you know it's just one of those things to deal with and i don't like you don't know, like it this is an awful time totally. here. Yeah. you know the weather is the weather isn't great it's just hot every day for six months and it's been actually kind of nice this, you know, so far, but you get into August, September, October, it gets, they become dog days. But yeah. uh, anyway, I was thinking about what to do for, if there was a hurricane or a tropical storm here, I was like, we're on the third floor. So I don't know, like it, it seems like it shouldn't really flood, but uh, we sort of yeah. live outside. Like there's no, it's not closed or anything. Like we can't, can't really shutter our windows. Right. What do we do? Maybe duct tape. It's not masking tape. Is that what you used? Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth <laughs> it. I don't think it's effective. The real question is in Houston, you know, are they, uh, and, and you'd have to ask your landlord, Yeah. are they, um, you know, hurricane proof windows? Uh, windows. That's yeah. a question. I, I tend to doubt it, but you never know. And right. then do they put shutters up or do they just, or do you just go to an interior room and hope for Let the best? Ride. Yeah. And then, you know, being on the top floor, you probably don't have to worry about flooding, but you might have to worry about, um, you know, water intrusion from the roof. Totally. And, you know, and then, you know, is the power going to go out and it's 95 degrees out every day and you got no air, you know, that kind right. of stuff. Right. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is your Wi-Fi, is your Wi-Fi going to go down, you know, all that business. So yeah. cell phones. Time to, time to drive somewhere else, live in an Airbnb again. Uh, might be, who knows. Speaking, of, I was I, I had a really you know you talk about Airbnbs and this and, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to all this college stuff, but some of these colleges are going online only. Right. So our alma mater at Lehigh University, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, is going online only. And one of the most ingenious things that I saw a parent say they were going to do, they've got two kids in college, both are going to do online only. So they're not. So they're going to go online only. They're going to keep their kids in the house. Okay, in their house. Okay. Yeah. So they're going to save the money that they would normally pay for room and board. Yeah. So both of these parents can work remotely. So instead right. of staying at home, home, yeah, with their kids, they're going to go find an Airbnb at a place they always wanted to go to, and yeah. they're going to work out of that Airbnb. Yes. Which I think is pretty cool because they're saving money on the room and board. They're going to take that money and put totally. some of it towards the airbnb yeah we were talking about this cool. i was talking about this for a couple of weeks ago um if this becomes normal it could like totally change at, like everything right okay think about this you graduate from high school you and your six best friends are all going to different schools but it's all online so instead you just fly to munich get an airbnb 
and take your classes online, then you live in Munich. And then six <laughs> months later, then you live in Florence. And then six months later, you live in Moscow. And then six months later, you live in Beijing, right? Yeah. And and because people want to talk about, oh, the value of college is being on the campus and meeting all these people. Well, then the value of college would be, now I know Mandarin Chinese and Russian, and I have had to deal with sticky situations in cities by myself, right? Um, so I think, I don't know, I'm uh, a little <laughs> upset that I missed that, right? Yeah. It's born too early. Yeah. Um, I think another, uh, what was the other thing I saw? I saw that Barbados apparently, don't quote me on this, but this is what I heard. They are giving away work visas um, to professionals. So there are all these, you know, if I had not just signed a lease, maybe me and my six closest friends could go rent a, uh, you know, beachside mansion in Barbados, right? And <laughs> all, work, all work our different jobs out of the same house, right? All we need yeah. is the internet. Crazy. Wow. Wow. Very interesting, That's right? That's crazy. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Barbados. And great, great for Barbados, right? If they're getting totally. all this tourist money, renting out these houses. Yeah, totally. Man. That's a great idea. Know. And, and pretty it's pretty cool. remote. I think Barbados is pretty remote, I think too. Yeah. And I don't think they've had a lot of storms is my recollection after, I don't know if they had one last year, but, but before that they hadn't had one in a while. I remember talking could be to something one to of consider. the soccer coach, talking to one of the soccer coaches there. Yeah. Right. So, if there were storms, that would be bad news bears, but yeah. cool so what are you going to do with, so what are you going to do with your furniture? What's the, are you going to just keep shopping? We're going to go to Ikea. I think we have most of the stuff that we need. Um, we'll probably get a nice bed. I don't know. I don't know when we'll have guests, right? Probably not for a while. Yeah. Oh, um, I, that so was going to no be a real rush on some of that stuff. Yeah. The bed was going to be something that was, uh, your second bed. Yeah. Um, I've always, this has just been a Larry, a Larryism, yeah. but uh, I've always been into like uh, multi-functioning things. Yeah. So my second bed, I always thought my second bed would be a, uh, like a, a pull-out couch maybe, or a, uh, I'm not saying this is necessarily the right way to go, but in the past, this is going back. I haven't thought about the future here, but you know, it was like a pull-out couch because you could use it as a couch, uh, a Murphy bed, which kind of folds down. You could use part of it as a bookcase. Um, you know what a Murphy bed is? No. Okay. So a Murphy bed is like a, a wall unit and you have maybe yeah, okay. bookcases on both sides and in the middle is just like yeah. a thing you pull that you could pull down, yes, and but it bad. folds back up. So it yeah, saves right. space during the day, yes. you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I always wanted one of those. I always wanted one of those for my office and I just, uh, never there was one in our, pull the plug. <laughs> one in your office. There's one in yeah, our Airbnb I wanted one. In, in Puerto Rico. Um, oh. there are actually two. Yeah. So pretty interesting. They do save space. Definitely. I don't know what you would do with it in the office. What are you going to do there? Uh, stop writing, close the door, go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, I don't know. You're right. I mean, it doesn't make any sense now. My home office. Yeah. Well, you're right. right. It doesn't make any sense. It just would save, it would save room, but now I don't even think it'd fit. But no, that's um, a cool, uh, that's like a cool one day when mom wins the lottery, you can, um, <laughs> you can build your dream office basically. Right. Get the Murphy bed. Yeah. 
I don't know that I need one, but you know, the other thing that we did when we built the house and then we got it, we got a, our washer and dryer got too big, unfortunately, but mm. uh, we had, we had a, uh, uh, one of those ironing boards that came out of the wall. So yeah. you push it back up, it goes into the wall. So it's embedded in the wall. And now it's hard to use because it's the washing machines is too deep now. Is it still there? We can't get the thing down. Yeah, it's still there. It's always been there. We just I can't get it to come down. Yeah, I completely forgot about it. Yeah. It was really cool when the house was first built. It was one of the totally. coolest things we did. But when we when the washing machine got too big, uh, right. it, it became an issue. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They love you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So think, yeah, I think you got, you know, you got to ask your yourself the question of, you know, how long are you going to keep your stuff? Totally. And, you know, what quality you want, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's the big, uh, that's the big question. I really want to get one of these eight sleep mattresses or a, uh, or a Uller or something. I'm really into these, yeah. this, uh, these, these beds that um, they use. You know, your your parents are trying to, oh, get a bed with a massager for two different sides. And I think that those massage things are like, I've never had a massage that feels like these these fake massage robots, right? They they feel very uncomfortable. I'm not a fan of yeah. massage robots. And I wouldn't, yeah. I can't imagine having one in a bed. Um, not trying to throw shade on anybody, but um, I'm really into the idea of these um, these beds that can cool and raise temperature on each side of the bed and wake you up. So your alarm is the bed gets hot, right? Which will get you out of sleep scientifically. I read a book yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, so you go to bed, the bed is 60 degrees at 10 o'clock or whatever, nice and cool, passed out, wake up, bed 75 and now you're awake right and you can set those temperatures so i'm really about that one day eight sleep will sponsor this podcast um <laughs> <laughs> but we're not there yet um so that's what i'm looking for but it's one of those things right it's like pretty expensive and so it's like how long am i really going to have this for is it worth it if i only use it for two years that seems like probably not a good idea yeah um, but uh definitely something to look into that's the big question now that's it's how long do you use these things for? What quality, what quality stuff do you get? And how much do you spend and, and totally. is it worth moving it? And is it worth moving it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, you've, you've been in a situation where you haven't found it worth to move things yet. So, but you know, if you're going to buy stuff that you like and that's expensive, you might as well move it or sell it or, or whatever. So for sure. Anyway, that's the story. True. So, all right. So I think uh, that's basically all we had for this week. Um, thank you all for listening. If you want to be the first person to ever email us at rhettandlarry at gmail.com, that's rhett, A-N-D, Larry, at gmail.com, um, you could be the first ever person to email us. Hopefully not for long. Hopefully in a couple of weeks you will not be special if you email us, but for now you'll be very special. Um, so if you yeah, want that opportunity, to, it's out there. Yeah. We look forward to hearing from you. Get some, yeah. give us some feedback. Thanks. All right. So, uh, talk to you guys next week. Have fun. Stay safe.
ta-ta for now. Bye.